Welcome to Mission Church. I'm so glad that you are here and uh, that you're joining us. If you are a parent that is dropping off a child to college today, we welcome you. We thank you for being here. I don't think you could have come on a better day because you have come on a, on a Sunday where we're in the midst of a stewardship series. <laughs> that was kind of a joke, but not really. We truly are in a stewardship series, but I think it's a great day to be here. Um, I made a, a, a confession to, to the church that in the past, years ago at my previous church where I was the pastor, I struggled with preaching on um, stewardship. Because I grew up in, in the 80s where there was a lot of scandals that made it to the news, a lot of financial scandals, and, 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 and people were, were, were um, jaded about the church because of all the things that you heard. And, and I remember hearing people say things like, all the church wants is your money, you know. And, and when I became a pastor, that's the last thing I ever wanted to hear anyone say, leaving the doors of the church where I pastor. And so I struggled with preaching on stewardship. But you know what? Over the course of these few weeks that I have been talking about stewardship, and I know you've been praying for me, God has been changing my heart. I've been growing and being transformed, and, and I thank God for that. In fact, I want you to know, for Advent, I'm preaching a four-week stewardship sermon. <laughs> thank you for understanding my awful humor. <laughs> Um, but I truly am. I, I'm excited to bring a message today about stewardship. Because today, my, my sermon is called The Stewardship of Trust. And yes, the answer is yes. You can be a steward of trust. So trust, what is that? It's trust, really simply, it's the firm belief um, in the reliability, the truth, or or the strength of someone or something. You, you, you have confidence in a person or in something, right? We, we know that to be what trust is. And, and over the course of time, and the more we interact with that person, a couple things happen. We either grow in the trust that we have for people, or we trust people less, right? The more we, we're with them, the more we know them, the trust that we have either grows or, or it does not grow. And, um, and when it comes to trust, I've noticed three things about trust. In, in, in the people that we have relationships with, that we, we learn to trust, that trust is built over time, right? You don't just meet someone and instantly trust the person completely. So trust is something that is, that is built over time. It takes, it takes time to build trust in someone. But the, the, the reality is that it only takes a moment for that trust to, uh, to fall apart, right? When, when a person has not been trustworthy, all the trust that's built up can, can evaporate and disappear instantly. So, and, and, and then when that happens, it's really hard to repair trust. So we really got to be careful when it comes to trusting. But the thing I know is, number one, it takes time to build. The second thing about trust that I have seen is that trust is a mutual thing, Right? It's mutual in that what the people that, that, that I trust typically are people that trust me back. You know, very rarely you will find trust just going one way. But sometimes it happens, I'm sure. But very often those that 
that trust you, you trust them. The people that I trust, trust me. And then the third thing about trust that I thought was so interesting is this. That sometimes it's easier to love someone than to trust them. Think about that for just a second. Are there people in your life whom you greatly love, you you love dearly, but with the most sensitive and important things in life, maybe, maybe you can't place that, place those things in their care. You love them, but it's hard to trust some people. Trust is, is amazing that way. You could love someone and maybe not trust them. But you know what the opposite? The opposite of that is very rarely tr- uh, true, I think. That's the right word. If, if you wholeheartedly trust someone, that person is someone you probably dearly love. Are you with me? You guys following along? It's easy to love people, but maybe not trust them. But the people that you trust dearly, those people you probably love dearly. And the people that I trust are people that I care for and love deeply. And today, my sermon, Stewardship of Trust, Stewardship of Trust, is our call to place our trust in God. So my passage of scripture, some probably already know where I'm going with this. It's a very familiar passage of scripture. It's found in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Hear the word of the Lord today. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Very familiar passage of scripture. The call is clear for us to place our trust in God. And when it comes to trust and in our relationship with God, I want you to know something that we need to understand before we even begin talking about how we trust God. And that thing we need to know is that before anything, God put his trust in humanity. God entrusted humanity and took the first step when he created all of creation. Taking six days to create the world. And after each day, he looked at what he created and he said it was what? It was good. Wow. And then we created the second day. Even that was good. And you you string together good day after good day after good day. And after the sixth day, the Bible records that when God created all that he did after the sixth day, he looked at all of his creation and he said, this is very good. And then you know what he did? He entrusted all of creation. To Adam and Eve. To reflect his character and his glory through Adam and Eve into creation. To, to give Adam and Eve the beautiful responsibility to care for the creation that God made. And took six days to make. God entrusted Adam and Eve. God trusts humanity. Now with that. Understanding that to be the first point, I want you to hear something very important. These may be words that you may never have even heard before. And if you've never heard this before, I'm grateful that it comes from my lips to your ears. And that is this. 
God trusts you. In the same way that God entrusted Adam and Eve with creation to care for it, to shine his character into creation with everything beautiful about what God created, God entrusted Adam and Eve to that. With that same trust, God trusts you. He trusts you to care for the things that he made in this world and and to reflect God's character into all of creation. And not only that, God has blessed you with all that you have. Every good thing in your life, all the blessings that you enjoy today, it comes from someone, it goes somewhere, and that someone is God. In fact, James chapter 1, verse 17 and 18 says this, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. He chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of all that he created. Every good thing that you have has been entrusted to you by God. And he has blessed you with that. And God has placed his trust in us. You see, that's where this whole message of stewardship of trust comes from. You have been entrusted with trust. So now that we have God's trust, just like we have God's goodness, we have so many different things that God has given to us where God calls us to be good stewards of, even then with trust, God has placed that in us. What do we do with this beautiful trust that God has given to us? Our passage of scripture does this. It calls us to take that trust and return it back to God with all of our hearts. That's that's God's call for us. To be good stewards of this trust, we're called to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts. And so, church, today, I want to I ask you a couple of things. But I want to just review first the things about trust that we talked about. Remember that trust does truly take time, right? It takes time. And even in this, this relationship that we have with God, the reason why trust takes time with God is we need to learn and grow to be trustworthy with God. I mean, you look at Adam and Eve. When they began in the garden, did they succeed in everything that God called them to do in all of creation? No. The first go at it was, was a failure. They, 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 they were not trustworthy. And so, learn, know this, that trust is not always easy to, to be able to live out. So, number one, trust takes time. Adam and Eve had to learn how to be trustworthy. We do, too. The second is trust is mutual, right? Now, we've established something really important. God trusts you. He trusts us. God trusts us, even though at times we've been untrustworthy. At times we've 
fallen short. And here's the beauty of something that may not apply to God, but surely applies to us. When we talk about trust as being mutual, God stands on one side of the equation that doesn't require that. Despite the fact that we're not, we haven't been always trustworthy, <laughs> he still trusts us. In fact, when we look at the, the, the story of cre- uh, the fall of Adam and Eve, there was consequences to Adam and Eve failing in their trustworthiness of being caretakers of creation. God did remove them from the garden, that's for sure. But God didn't leave them by themselves all alone. You know what God did? He still entrusted them with good and beautiful gifts. They had children. They had, they had property. They had land. They had flocks. They had a lot of the things. We don't think about that. But God continued to pour out His goodness into their lives just as He has to us, despite the fact that at times we also have fallen short and were untrustworthy. Trust requires time. Trust is mutual. Maybe not for God, but definitely for us, right? He still trusts us. That's, that's good news. Somebody ought to say amen on that one. <laughs> Thank you. I can always trust my wife will be there for me. You're the best. <laughs> and the third thing about trust that we know is that sometimes it's easier to love someone than to truly trust in them, right? But because God trusts us, we know that he loves us. Because the opposite cannot be true. If you trust someone, you love that person, right? We know that for a fact. And we know that God trusts us. And if you leave the sanctuary today without knowing this beautiful message, that God loves you. If you don't know that, oh, you, then you miss a great point about what we're talking about today. The people that you trust, you love, and God trusts you, which automatically makes it that God loves you. That's good to know. So I have a couple of questions for you now then. Okay? Are you guys ready? Question number one. Do you love God? Amen. I see, I see a lot of heads moving up. and Of course, Pastor Gordon, I love God. I'm here today, aren't I? <laughs> I love the Lord. Absolutely, no doubt. I want you to know today, I do too. I love the Lord. Which leads me to my second question then. Do you trust God with all your heart? Now, before you answer that question so definitively, right, your, your question might be, your answer might be, I, I think so. And that, that should, we ought to be moving in that direction, right? I think so. But it's, it's more difficult, I think, to answer that second question, if, whether or not I trust God with all my heart. Because in, in a crowd this size, I'm sure there is somebody or some people in here right now that are facing doubts 
They're struggling with, with this faith journey that they've been taking because life has dealt them some ta- hard things. And they're like, is this really? Is this, what, is this all that there is to faith and believing in Jesus? I have some doubts. There are some people in here I know for sure have been praying and praying and praying for a specific answer, and your answer has not come to pass. Right? You're asking God, please, Lord, this is so important. And it almost seems like your prayers have fallen on deaf ears. And you're like, can I trust God in that? And there's people who face uncertainty of every kind, health issues where the future is not clear, family members that are going through difficult things. We all have that going on. And Jenny, thank you for for highlighting that. Even as we worship, some here are truly giving glory to God for His goodness. But the reality is, this is real life that we're dealing with here. And, and, and some face uncertainty and, and even desperation. And maybe your prayer at times have been, God, are you, are you there? How do you put trust in that? Or, here's another scenario. Maybe God might be calling you, and this call that God is calling you towards might completely change the direction of your life. Because your mind and your heart, you said, oh, I want to be an amazing financial accountant like Jim Burgum. (laughs) And God says, "Mm, I want you to look a little higher. (laughs) And maybe God is calling you to bring his word to others. And you think, wow. So what do we do? We tap on the brakes, right? Man, God, I don't know if I, that's what you're calling me to. I mean, do we trust God when he calls us to, to, to maybe turn in the direction where we thought we were going and he's leading us somewhere else? I, I don't want to get up in front of people every Sunday and, and, and talk to them while they fall asleep. <laughs> Or maybe God's calling you to be a missionary. And you're like, oh, I've never been to Africa. The pictures are cool, but I don't know if I could live there. You trust God to absolutely change the direction of your life? If that's what God is calling you to, I tell you, I've been down that road. Some of us have. Some of us have tapped the brakes and turned in the opposite direction. (laughs) Jonah did, right? And you saw where that led him. Or God might just be calling you to begin the reconciliation process with a with a broken a broken relationship with someone where it wasn't even your fault to begin with. (laughs) You're calling me to fix that? I didn't even, that wasn't even my fault. And yet you feel the pull of God to take you out of what may be comfortable to you. Wow. Those, th- these are hard things, right? Amen? How do we trust God in that? When I have struggled 
in, in trusting God in those challenging times, something has come to my mind again and again and again. And I want to just share it with you. It's actually, it's a song that meets me where I'm at and helps me as I, as I think through and struggle with this, this trust issue of God. It's a, it's a song we used to sing a long, long time ago, and I don't hear it too often anymore. It's a song called, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. You may have heard it. Kind of goes like this. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know. Ooh, beautiful. So some of you know it. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and and when, when I hear this song, when I heard this song, and I sing it to remind me of how truly sweet it is to trust in Jesus, I thought about this song, and I began to do a little research on it, because I said, who would write a song so beautiful like this? Probably comes from someone where God has poured out their blessing on, on that person, where they're living in the overflow of God's goodness, and they believe and they have seen and, and enjoying the, the relationship with the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, right? That's the picture of a person who would write a song called, Tis So Sweet to Trust in Jesus. That's what I thought. And if that's what you think, then you're completely wrong. The person who wrote this, her name was Louisa Steed. And Louisa wrote this song, I believe, in 1882. She came from, from, from London and moved to America. She, she was a, an aspiring author. And get this, Louisa was called into missions. She was called to be a missionary of all places in China, where my peeps come from. <laughs> and so she comes to America, but the thing about Louisa was she, she was not in good health. And this is a long time ago when medicine wasn't where it's at today. And because of, of her physical ailments and shortcomings, she wasn't able to go to China to serve as a missionary. And then she met a young man, and they got married, Mr. Steed. And after they were married, they had a daughter named Lily. And the Steed family took a vacation up to Long Island, New York, and, and they were vacationing on a beach as the family was on the shore enjoying the beautiful day. They saw a, a young man out in the water struggling to stay afloat. So Mr. Steed jumped in the water to go and try and save that young man while Louisa and Lily watched on shore, and tragically, the two people disappeared from the surface of the water. And on that day, both of them died. Tragic story. Tragic story of loss, grief, and despair. And not long after that tragedy happened in Louisa's life, she tried to pick up the pieces of her life, trying to make a life from having lost her husband and the father of her daughter, Lily. 
And he was the sole breadwinner of the home. And they had very little to begin with. And so trying to make a life of it, she tried to look for a job. But in those days, it was difficult, if not impossible, having a four-year-old daughter at home and trying to find work. And slowly by slowly, the resources in their home began to dwindle and dwindle and run out. They slipped into poverty. And during this time, Louisa's faith in God never wavered. Constantly praying and asking God to provide for her and Lily so that they could survive. And on the day that they ran out, had nothing left, there was some commotion on the porch behind the front door. And when Louisa got to the door and opened it up, you know the story. Bag of groceries and money that somebody had left for Louisa. And in the, in, in the midst of poverty, nothing, of despair, of loss, of everything that she had is all gone, now she has hope, picks up the bag of groceries and the envelope of money, goes into her home. She whips out her iPhone and pens this note. She pulls out a pencil and paper and she pens this song. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word. You see, that's, that's the heart of where this beautiful song had come from. In a moment of devastation, with no support, just clinging to faith, Louisa continued to trust in God. Oh. And God's faithfulness in Louisa's life continued even after that beautiful day where he shows up in his fullness and faithfulness. Louisa's call was fulfilled, not in China, but in Africa. She became a missionary to Rhodesia and served God in Rhodesia and she later died and her body today is buried in Zimbabwe. And her daughter Lily grew up and so inspired by her mom's faith and trust in God, Lily became a missionary and carried on her mom's legacy. Beautiful. Louisa, she lived Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Despite the fact that nothing came easy for her, and instead of trying to do things her way, doing things for herself, she continued to submit and surrender to God. And here's the beautiful thing about Louisa's life. Louisa's life was not marked by trying to find just enough trust to get through the day. That's not how Louisa lived her life at all. Louisa's life was marked by her prayer <laughs> to find the grace of God to trust 
even more. <laughs> That's why in the, in the refrain of this song, if you don't mind putting it up, here are the words. It says, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him. How I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus. Oh, for grace to trust him more. She wasn't just trying to hang on by her nails. She jumped in with her whole heart. All that she had. Oh, there's a difference between the two. And Louisa lived that difference. The Christian life, church, is a life of trusting. But I pray that for all of us here today, it's not just trusting to eke out each day, to have enough trust to get through the day. My prayer is despite the challenges and the unanswered prayers and the things that may not go your way, that we can be like Louisa and like Solomon who wrote Proverbs 3 to find the grace to trust Him more. We trust in the Word of God wholeheartedly. We trust that God hears every word of our prayers. We trust that when we ask for forgiveness, that He truly forgives us. We trust, church, that when God calls people into the ministry, that God will help us prepare well and provide for us every step of the way. And we also trust and believe that when we put our faith in Jesus, that that God does not just transform our eternity, God transforms our today and our here and our now. God changes and helps us to live our lives in such a way that we no longer need to be people that struggle and suffer under the weight of the burdens of sin, but to live victoriously because He provides for us all that we need. Jesus calls us to trust in Him. You know that? In John chapter 14, He begins by saying this, Trust in God and trust also in Me. For in my house, in my father's house, there are many rooms. And if it were not so, I would have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me. That you may also be where I am. Trust in God. And Jesus says, trust also in me. Church, I have good news for you today. When you place your trust in Jesus, He will save you from your sins. That's good news. When you ask Christ to forgive you, He forgives completely. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. (laughs) And when Jesus calls you, you can trust in Him. No matter what it is. And if, if, if you've sensed that, take your feet off the brakes and push a little gas. And me, Pastor Paul, and Jeff, our staff, our church, 
we will come alongside you and help you and nurture that call so that you can live to the fullest truly what God has called you to do. Because I pray that we can have the kind of trust not just to get through the day, but oh, for the grace to trust Him more. Will you bow your heads with me? Father in heaven, today I rejoice because you are trustworthy. Lord God, today I rejoice because today in this sanctuary there will be somebody here who has been doubting. There's been somebody here who is in dismay. And Lord, maybe today they heard a message that you trust them. (laughs) And you've given to them so many good things in life. And the call simply is now, for all the trust that I have placed in you, return it to me with all your heart. And I pray that that's what we can do today. If there is somebody in our church today who has not accepted Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, will you open your heart to Him and receive the forgiveness and the grace and the gift of eternal life that Jesus came to bring? Hallelujah. Simply pray, Lord, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to become a new person in you. I ask and believe, Lord God, that you are the Son of God, Jesus. And you came so that I can have life and have it to the full. Regardless of what my circumstances are today, I will trust in you. And if you have already prayed that prayer, but you're struggling with how you can trust God in the midst of the circumstances that you're living in now, my prayer is that, oh, for grace, you would trust Him more so that if God is calling somebody here today, oh, that that answer would be, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your way. Yes, Lord, yes, I will trust you and obey. Oh, Father in heaven, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being the faithful God that you are. My prayer is today that you would give us the faith to trust you even more. In Jesus' name I pray.